This episode will probably be a little bit shorter than most. Uh, we are right in the middle, right smack dab in the middle of SWO 23 summer camp staff training. You can pray for us. This is a, a really big part of who we are and what we do, and it is one of the uh, maybe the biggest event of our year is, is these would be these two weeks where we train our summer staff because that becomes the catalyst and kind of the launch the launch board for everything that we'll do over the the fall twenty three to spring twenty four school year with the summers that bookend it. So pray for us today. I want to give you an update on that, and I want to share highlights from the first week of teaching content. And I want to zero in on a couple of different sessions and some practical things that might help you in your daily study of the Word and your weekly hearing of the Word. So stay tuned and welcome to No Sanity Required. Welcome to No Sanity Required from the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. Well, we are uh, halfway through our staff training uh, at, at the posting of this podcast. It is Monday of week two, and one week from today, uh, we will be welcoming our first uh, youth groups, first student ministry uh, event of the year. I, we think of our year kind of runs uh, June through May, and the reason for that is uh, we get our new staff in at the end of May, middle of May, and then they, they train through the end of May, two weeks of staff training. We run our summer program, and then everything else launches out of that into the school year. So we have wound down a, a, a year of ministry beginning last summer, going through our fall retreats, our winter SWO, all of our adult conferences, our iron-on-iron youth workers, youth ministry events. Um, the We wrapped things up with the Respond Women's Conference uh, a few weeks back, and now we are training uh, about 120 uh, young people, young men, young women from all over the world. Literally, so quick highlights. We've got staff this summer from other countries, from states all over the U.S. We've got uh, we've got um, a couple of Canadians, uh, one one that'll be full time for the summer. We've got uh, a, a young man from South Africa. We've got um, some folks from Texas and Wisconsin and. Uh, Indiana, Illinois, we've got uh, from South Florida up the eastern seaboard, and uh, we've even got folks from California, um, everybody trying to get out of California, and Snowbird's a good place to land. <laughs> so uh, we, we've got, the Lord has brought together a very uh, broad and diverse group of people. I'm excited about that. Lots of backgrounds and lots of different um, gospel stories all coming together to to serve the ministry of the gospel here at Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters. Again, for those of you that might be new or, or just learning who we are and what we do, this podcast is a ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters. And uh, our mission statement simply says, Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters exist to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through the exposition of Scripture and personal relationships in order to equip the church in this generation. And we expect everybody that works here to be able to quote that, as I did, uh, and then to be able to break it down and explain it line by line, but at the at the at the hub of that is gospel proclamation, and we we kind of break down our mission statement as Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters exists. So we use that word exists to to say, hey, we serve a sovereign God who has ordained that this ministry would be, 
and that we would serve in, in, in the capacity that he's called us to serve. So the fact that we exist is a work of God, but far before it's a work of man, and that we are his hands and feet and the vessels that he's chosen to use. So it's number one of our exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we are about gospel proclamation. We believe that confessing Jesus as Lord and trusting in his work to save us from our sin, that is the only hope that people have. To be reconciled to God and to be set free from the bondage of sin. And uh, and then we exist to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through the exposition of Scripture, which um, in a word means we want to rightly divide the word of truth and handle God's word faithfully and carefully. Um, it is a double-edged sword and not to be played with or tampered with. The word of God is sufficient. The word of God is authoritative for our lives. So in handling it properly, we want to make sure that that we are personally being impacted by the Word of God every day. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit uh, in this episode. Uh, and then just quickly to, to wrap up the mission statement, um, then it's through uh, personal relationships. And so we, we, we build and train a very large staff each year so that we might be able to minister to students effectively in a, in a narrow ratio of about one staff to every four students that comes through here, uh, which is very, that, that's very high numbers of staff for the number of students that we minister to. And that's because in executing our mission statement, relationships are at the center of that. So teaching the Bible effectively, proclaiming the gospel boldly, standing in the gap for this generation and teaching them who Jesus is and, um, and showing them how to have a relationship with him. The last line is in order to equip the church in this generation. So we want to partner with churches. So what we serve in the summer program, uh, we serve church ministries, youth groups, youth groups from churches, student ministries, and we partner with them to disciple and equip them and their students. And so uh, I, the, the, the training, the two-week training that we go through, it's very extensive. And one of the things that uh, I wanted to do uh, over these first couple of weeks of our summer is give you some highlights from our staff training. We'll do that again next week as we launch into week one. Some highlights from week one that I wanted to focus on were a session that was taught by Spencer Davis, and uh, Spencer is our risk management um, director. He is also, he holds a master's degree uh, in biblical studies um, from Southern Seminary and Liberty University, and he holds degrees from those institutions, and then he uh, teaches in the, in the uh, Snowbird Leadership Institute. He teaches Old Testament survey, among other things. Spencer did a, a session for our staff on the importance of daily study that I was very encouraged and personally challenged by. I'm going to implement and put into practice some of these things. I want to share those things with you. So being hearers of the word daily, I want to help you maybe in this episode um, get some practical tools for studying the Bible daily, devotionally, um, doing shallow dives, doing deep dives, doing devotional um, studies, and then deeper theological and doctrinal studies. Uh, the next thing uh, that I want to share with you in this episode is a session from Jeremy Wilson. Jeremy is our food service director. You will find, you'll find it, I think you'll find it at Snowbird. Everybody, regardless of their position, I mean, Jeremy is in food service, does a phenomenal job, but he also uh, is in, he, he, he understands the mission statement and, and uses his platform to execute the mission statement. And so we love for our staff to hear from 
from people from different departments and areas of our program, uh, of, of our operation, rather, Jeremy's food service. So he did a session where he was talking to our staff about how to lead share groups. One of the one of the most important parts of each day at Snowbird is that after they've set through a couple of worship services and sermons and breakout sessions, um, at the end of the day, they sit down. We sit down, small group of students, and a, and a team, a, a two-man or two-woman team of staff, and lead them through a share group where they kind of unpack and go into a deeper dive over the things they've learned and studied that day. So Jeremy kind of, he walked our staff through what it looks like to lead a share group um, and, and, and like tying that back into the sermon or the teaching content. I want to walk through this, and what I want to do in this episode is help you understand how to be a daily hearer of the Word and then how to be a weekly hearer of the Word. So daily, what does your personal study or devotion time look like? Keep this super simple. Uh, I, w- I want this to be where a 14-year-old can understand this and do this, an 11-year-old can understand this and do this, but that it's practical and applicable for a 50- or 60-year-old person, any point in between. And uh, so I want to walk through what daily Bible study um, can be, and, and I'm not going to give you the how-to. I'm going to give you the principles, and then you apply them and put them to work. And then weekly, how do you then go into church, your place of worship on Sunday, and respond to the hearing of the Word, open your heart, prepare prepare your heart going in, open your heart and mind, and hear and receive the Word of God. So let's jump into the importance of daily study. And Spencer started off in his session by, uh, I wrote a quote down that he gave from Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Fatigue makes, makes cowards of us all. All of us would probably be, I mean, we live in a busy society and a busy, in a busy world, and I think most of us would agree that we're tired most days. I know when I, when I lay down at night, I usually am exhausted. When I get up in the morning, and I hate to say it, but a lot of times when I get up in the morning, I don't feel as rested as I need to be. And a few years ago, I made an adjustment to try to get seven hours of sleep every night, but it doesn't always happen. And uh, and so the t- it seems like the more fatigued or tired we are, um, the the less will we have to fight, the less res- the less resolve and and stamina and steadfastness we have. And so it's important that as we fatigue physically mentally from work and stress and strain, emotionally from relationships and the pressures maybe of finances or whatever you're going through in your life, fatigue in all those areas will make us, will tend to make us lose fight or lose heart. And so every day it's critical that I'm filling myself up with the word of God. You're going to pour yourself out every day. You're going to pour your mind, your soul, your spirit, your body, your energy out every day. So you got to fill yourself up every day. And I appreciated this point that Spencer made when in, in his session to the staff, a phrase that he coined, and it's their downtime is your go time. In other words, when students get, a, like, like the way our program runs, there's a few little breaks during the day, you know, between morning sessions and lunch. Uh, if, if students are staying on campus for rec in the afternoon, then they've got a little cushion. Mainly after share groups in the evening, and before supper in the afternoon, there's some soft times in the student schedule, and that's when that's our go time. That's when we got to connect with our students, and that's when it's more uh, non-programmed, like connecting, hanging out, talking. So, uh, in in the course of a day, a staff member here will go. I mean, they'll literally go sixteen to eighteen hours straight, and so they're pouring out constantly. And so to say that. Uh, it's important that, that every day we need to be filling ourselves up. 
it's not legalism, it's realism. It's not just like, you're not just saying every day I have to have my quiet time. That's what a good Christian does. It's every day I've got to be in the word. I have to be filled up. Romans 12, 1 and 2, uh, the very well-known verse that says, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word, be transformed, Spencer pointed out, is is not to be translated, transform yourself. It's not like, so it's not the legalism of, I have to get in the Word every day and transform myself. It's, I dive into the Word every day to be shaped by the Word of God, to surrender to the Word of God. I approach, I like to say this with students and leaders, and when we're training our folks, I use this a lot. I approach the Word of God to be mastered by it, not to master it. I come to it in surrender. You ever see how a dog walks up to you if it's a real timid dog or a dog that's been beaten and it'll like get real low to the ground and tuck its tail and kind of turn its head? It's it's very surrendered. I want to approach the Word of God. Not not that way as far as like uh, fear from abuse, but I want to approach the Word of God in submission, like uh, not not to master it or manipulate it. So I'm going to be transformed by this. I'm not going to transform myself, but... The Greek, the Greek phraseology there is it's in the passive imperative, which is just a grammatical way in the Koine Greek. It's a grammatical way of saying this is something that happens to you, and it's something that you actively do. So he's saying, be transformed. In other words, as you submit to the Word of God and you st- read the Word of God, you're being transformed by the Word of God, but you're making the active effort to go to the Word of God for that transformation. And you're opening your heart, you're opening your mind, and you're you're submitting yourself to it. And then Galatians 5.16, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not carry out the desires of the flesh. Uh, I like the way Spencer put this uh, in the session this week. Walk by the Spirit, and the flesh loses. In other words, he said, it's not mystical, it's not some spiritual mysticism of tap into this spiritual force and then you'll overcome the spiritual darkness. It is those things in a sense, but it's it's this methodical, the word walk in, in uh, the Greek is the same word for live, walk or live according to the Spirit. I'm in step with the Word of God, I'm in step with the Spirit of God communicating to me through His Word. And then the flesh loses. I have the power and the strength to resist and withstand the attacks of the devil and the attacks of Satan, but also the attacks of the flesh. And uh, and so it's important then if if I'm going to go to the Word and walk in the Word and be filled by the Spirit through His Word, then I need to have a plan. I need to have a plan. And so the plan needs to be comprised of three things for daily study. Number one, when. Number two, where. Number three, what. So I would I would encourage you, as I was encouraged sitting in this session, to nail down the when, the where, and the what. For me, the when is in the morning. The where is when it's warm enough on my porch, um, looking at the Snowbird Mountain Range, um, looking out across a, a stretch of mountains called the Walker Fields, um, which is just west of Joanna Bald, and it's beautiful. I noticed, Little pointed out this week, there's a tree limb that needs to be cut down, blocking some of our mountain view. Uh, but that's the when, that's the the when is in the morning the where is on the porch if it's winter time it's usually you've heard me say this before I, I like to get right by the fire right by the wood stove haven't had a fire in about three weeks I think we might be done with that um, hopefully and then three the what the what so let's let's uh, quick touch on this number one when will you study life is so busy 
So I have to have a routine. Life is too busy. If I, I've learned and, and you've learned that if you get up and say, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to make sure I take a break, my 10 o'clock break at work. I'm going to get into the word. By then your wheels are turning, you're distracted, you're, you know, your attention is not being held and you end up on your social media or surfing the internet for, you know, whatever you're getting ready to buy, you know, whatever, just life's so busy. I need a, I need a routine. I need a plan. So when are you going to study? It could be at night. If you're a night owl, you spend some time in the word before bed. I think it's good. I haven't done this consistently, but I want to really try to, when the school year starts back, I want to shift into a good reading time in the morning and, uh, and then read some Psalms and Proverbs before bed or maybe some narratives. Um, anyway, number two, the where have a designated place could be on your porch, could be in your truck or your car, could be a chair by the Creek. I live, man, I tell you, I am spoiled rotten. My house is, there's a cascading Creek that comes right by my, my kitchen window, my living room window. And I can, I can look out and see a waterfall. It's a small Creek, what we call in the mountains, a branch. It's a little branch. It comes down. It's got a waterfall that I can go out there. That's what I do my ice water my cold water treatment go out there and sit in that thing and it comes down right on top of my head it's about a uh, it's it's two three or four foot waterfalls so real little bitty waterfalls but best beautiful i like to sit out there and read like sit where just wherever your where is if it's raining i sit and look out my front window whatever whatever if if, if your truck if you like to, i know there's some guys at snowbird they get they get to work about 45 minutes early sit in their truck drink coffee and read uh, and then number three, what? The what? Have a plan. I like to read a little bit of Old Testament, a little bit of New Testament, some Psalms for devotional, some Proverbs for practical wisdom. That's my plan. Don't have to be your plan. Read a, pro, uh, a chapter in the Proverbs or eight or ten verses, whatever. Practical wisdom. Read Psalms. That's devotional. Old Testament, New Testament, um, studying the Bible, learning it, familiarizing yourself with it. And then what I, I would add this, what I like to do is I like to write. I like to take a key verse or key thought that I've learned, and then I write that somewhere where I can look at it on my hand, on the inside of my wrist, on my palm. It'll sweat off pretty quick on the palm. Just where I can look, like right now on my palm, it says, let your servant remain. And it's a reminder that I read the last two mornings I've been reading and, and kind of digging into the story of Judah when he's willing to stay and give himself up so that his little brother Benjamin could could not be uh, – Anyway, it's it. What it reminds me when I look at it, it reminds me that God changed Judah's heart. He went from being Judah was um, part and parcel to throwing Joseph into the well, and then by the end, he's willing to sacrifice his own life. And so, let your servant remain. Uh, it reminds me of the change that took place in Judah's life, and that's the change that can take place in any life. So. Um, have a plan. That's the what. My plan is to read a little bit of each of those and then to write a main thought on my hand. And that way throughout the day, because if you're like me, I forget what I read that morning. And then Spencer, I love he uses this analogy. That he took it from a uh, – he, uh, he's taught this for several years now. It came from, a, I think, a um, David Mathis um, blog, but talks about raking and digging. Sometimes you rake. You just gather and read and collect. Think about raking leaves. Just you, you cover a lot of territory real quick. Other times you dig. It takes longer to dig, uh, you know, a two foot by two foot by two foot hole than it does to rake your yard, you know, whatever. So digging takes more work. You're going deep. You and he says that's where you mine, 
deeply so that you might unearth diamonds. So rake, dig, and then meditation is the third practice. And meditation is to is when you marvel at the diamonds. So some mornings you just rake. Some mornings you you're running you're running a gun and you overslept by fifteen minutes and just want to get that Psalms and that that Psalm I mean and and meditate on it for a few minutes and grab some time. Maybe I'm listening to scripture on the way this morning. I didn't get a good quiet time, so I listened to some scripture. Um, and, but then I really like those those mornings where I can dig a little bit and meditate on it. And then some days it's quick and short, it's the raking. Some days are good for digging. For me, I set aside Sundays and Mondays in the summer because Monday mornings we don't have anything going on at camp until 11, 10 or 11. Sunday morning, Monday morning, I get up, get coffee, and really dig and try to do more, more you know, deep dive. Um, so anyway, those were practical things for Spencer. Uh, from Spencer that I thought was so good. And then Jeremy talked about uh, what he did was he took he took the idea of of like stitching together your quiet time into how you hear the sermon and then respond to it. And he was he was speaking in the context of leading a share group and he used the parable of the sower. Uh, but I thought, man, this is so good because what he broke it down, he said, as a hearer or a listener to the word of God, and this is where let's move beyond how do you do your quiet time to how does your quiet time day-to-day devotion life, Bible reading, Bible study, how does that connect with your Sunday worship going to church? He said, as a hearer or a listener, number one, I till the soul. Number two, I bury the seed. Number three, I water the seed. So think about this, going into church on a Sunday. My first goal is to till the soul. So that means I prepare my heart. Before I get to church on Sunday, I want to have read the text that the preacher is going to be going through, which should be easy. You should know where he's going, whatever series you're in. At our church, it's super easy because we go through books of the Bible. But even if we were going to do a, a sermon series that wasn't a book of the Bible all the way through, we would send out We send out a midweek update saying, hey, prepare for this week's text. Here's what we'll be teaching on. So prepare by reading it and meditating on that scripture. Read the text beforehand, even if it's that morning of, like on Sunday morning, and then pray and prepare your mind to listen. So you till the soil. You get the soil of your heart and your mind ready. And then number two, he said you bury the seed. That's taking notes. That's listening. That's being engaged. Note-taking for me is not about coming back and really diving into those notes. It's more about keeping me engaged in the moment. Some people take really exhaustive notes, and then they really study through those notes, and I think that's awesome. For me, note-taking is really more about it keeps me engaged. And I take notes. I've, I've transitioned to where I take notes on, a, on an iPad. And I do that because I had a fire that destroyed all of my journals. Um, and I just was like, you know what, I'm going to make sure I've got access to this even if something like that happens ever again. So I take, I take notes just to stay engaged. It makes me listen more. I'm focused. Um, but then, and then you can revisit and study it. Even in this podcast, I've revisited and studied the notes that I took in uh, in Jeremy and Spencer's sessions. And then number three, water the seed, review it, study it, respond to it, meditate, reflect on it over the next few days. Um, water it, you know, like stitch it back into your your quiet time on Monday morning. Um, really, really, really good, really helpful. I thought those were just really helpful. And then, and then a couple things. He gave seven things for our staff to do when they lead students in share groups. And I want to pull a few of these out um, and say, hey, here's some things you could do in response, like as you water the seed coming out of the Sunday 
worship service where you've sat and you've heard the word of God preached. Um, some some thoughts. One one thing that I thought stood out: study the content yourself. So don't just listen to the preacher and then go away and for, you know, just forget about it. But go study it. Set aside some time in that in that that afternoon or your next quiet time to study through the content yourself. So maybe your maybe your weekly study is that on Monday you break away from your Tuesday through Friday study and you actually study the content from the Sunday sermon, something like that. Um, ask yourself productive questions. I remember Caroline Ellis used to she was my assistant for years, and her and her husband Brody are on the mission field now, and uh, love love that family. And she, I remember she was so insightful because she would use. I don't think it was hers. I think she had gotten it from somewhere. She called it the sword method, I think. But anyway, it was an acrostic. Basically, come up with a way that you, I like the rake, dig, and meditate method, you know, like just, but but come up with uh, with a way to ask yourself questions and then to, um, like, let let that application sort of guide how you respond to the sermon. And I think Monday quiet time is a good time to, to, to put that together. So anyway, um, I, th- that's not a deep dive. You know, if a while back I did tailgate theology, talked about how I prepare a sermon, but maybe there's some stuff in here that'll help you as it's helping our staff just daily be consistent to read and study the word of God. So important, so important to, to spend time in God's word. It's what shapes us. It's what keeps us from spiritual or mental fatigue, and it's what keeps us going. Thank y'all. Love all of you. Blown away that you listen to this thing. Um, get, get back in here next Monday and give you a, a final update from how the second week of staff training goes, some more content from that, and then uh, prepare to launch into week one of SWO 23. Y'all pray for us. We need it. And uh, come see us. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.